one, two, three, four, five. Welcome back to the TMCJ podcast. We are on episode 41, which, again, doesn't really mean anything. We're, I'm running out of clever numbers. Oh my god, 41? No way! What's the one, uh, the, the key to the universe, something and everything? It's from... 42. 42. All right, that's next yeah. week. Damn. Something very That's revealing. right, the answer to the universe, life, and everything next week. Oh my god. Uh, you know what I just realized is we don't have our cameras on. We're not having a face-to-face -face conversation. Oh yeah, shit. Well, that's fine. Um, you just keep... <laughs> Alright. There we go. Um, so, yep. This is our topic segment, segment one. Um, we both had a few things to talk about, but I wanted to open up with one because you reminded me of it. Um, I was talking with uh, Juan and Raymond. I think it was Juan that actually posted this. Uh, so, a some other app, I think they're called Signal, um, they took out, they did an advertising campaign. Right. Where, and they did it on um, Instagram. And okay. the thing is with Instagram, they actually, um, it, it, just like with Facebook, they're able to gather just a remarkable amount of information even about you. Even if you don't have an account, they keep shadow profiles on people who know people who have those accounts. Yeah, of course. Um so it like you you do end up with like some really creepy levels of information that they have. Mm -hmm. So a this company isn't gonna be Alex Jones segment, is it? What? No. This isn't gonna be an Alex Jones segment, is it? What what do you mean? Their government, they're collecting data on you. Well it's not the government, it's a... Facebook. And yeah, they are. <laughs> okay, cool, it is. Alright, just checking. But, but it's not it's not a conspiracy theory. They it's in their literature. Like it's it's known every company that uses it. Yeah, no, no, them. sorry. I, I completely accept that they do accept it all. It's the fact that they use it for malicious ends. They don't use it for malicious more... ends. They use it to yeah. sell you shit. Hmm. And Which so, some would say is malicious. That's that is true. Well, yeah, but that's that's the whole. <laughs> so that's that's Facebook. If you use Facebook and Instagram, you are not the the customer. You are the product. <clears throat> you you are yeah. there. So they gather your data. Like you get to use the service for free. But then they sell all the data that they capture to companies that then use that data to advertise to you. It's, to be fair. But let me let me get the story out, because we're getting caught up on the oh, background yeah, information. So what the, this company did was they took out, they did targeted ads, and basically what it did was it sh the ad was just a block of text that said, you're seeing this because Instagram thinks this, this, and this about you. So hmm. like, let me read one of them out. Oh, yeah, 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 I remember, yeah. Cool. You got this ad because you're a K-pop-loving chemical engineer. This ad used your location to see you're in Berlin, and you have a new baby, and just moved, and you're really feeling those pregnancy exercises lately. <laughs> so, that's, so all of the ads are very specific like that, and it just, the, the ads were designed to tell people, like, hey, this, this is the information that, about you that we used to give you this ad. Mm. Um... And then it had like just the name of the company below, and that it was it was some other messaging app. And um, anyway, Instagram banned them as like an as as an advertiser because they were kind of pulling the curtain back a little bit. Yeah, no, weren't no wonder. Um, what I was going to say just now was, true story. Have you ever seen an advert online and gone, "I need this in my life." Have you ever gone and actually bought something that was advertised to you on, say, YouTube? Mm. Ever. <laughs> I, I definitely have. Not on YouTube. Um, okay. I've seen ads come up on... 
on Amazon or probably on Facebook back when I used that where it reminded me like, oh yeah, I actually do need to pick this up. But most of the time it's all just complete nonsense. Um, I, I don't but, think I've ever clicked on any of them. But I think that puts people in the minority. I was like, when I was having this, I've talked about this a few times um, with Juan and Raymond. And one thing Juan was saying was that like his wife actually uses Facebook as like a personal personalized like shopping service. Like she actually likes the fact that it just knows what she wants to buy and tells her. Yeah, I mean, I guess if you have a specific account made for, like, you purposefully put in things that will get you feed on what what the, you, you might actually want, that'd be quite smart, I think. But that seems like a lot of effort, considering... I don't know. Whenever I'm shopping, and I, I'm aware that I stand relatively alone in this, I only ever go and shop for the things that I know I want in advance. I very, very rarely ever see something and go, I want that. Yeah, I mean, it depends on the store I'm in. I, I, Most of the time I do the same. Like, I have something very specific in mind that I want to go get. Um, yeah. And then the, the times I'll browse a little bit are in... So, like, uh, when, when I go to buy computer parts actually in a store a store called micro center near boston that i go to and right. um they've you know I'll, I'll occasionally browse around and go like oh you know do they have anything cool on sale or something like that and I'll also i'll browse around in like grocery stores or liquor stores or stuff because i'm like you know oh like you know do they have like a nice craft beer i want to try or do like are there is there something like some recipe i can think up with something that's on sale at the grocery store like so mm. those are places i'll browse but if i'm going to like i don't know a clothing store like uh, some kind of big department store like a walmart or a target typically i know exactly what i want and i'm going there to pick it up and then leave yeah maybe i'll just leave i mean even when i was a kid when me and my big brother used to go and um stay with our grandparents and there was this shop which was called Marshalls. Mm -hmm. uh, we have it over here too. I don't. Th I think it's a different kind of shop because the one that's here is a private store kind of thing. Really? Uh, and it's basically this guy who he was actually on the news at one point, I think. Um, and he sells like uh, D and D stuff. He sells Warhammer. He sells figurines of every kind. He sells cool nerdy stuff. Oh, that's a place that I'd I'd probably browse around in a place like that too. It is a very cool place, and having grown up, I probably would go there. But it was like a half hour walk from the house, and we he would want to go there like my brother would want to go there like every day or every other day, and I wanted to stay at home and play Digimon on the PlayStation. <laughs> <laughs> but I had to go and walk half an hour to a shop for my brother to look at the things on the shelf. 10 minutes, and then we'd walk home again. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I remember... Mean, it, again, it's a really interesting store. This store had, like... You know how, um... Basically, the older a toy is, the more value it gains, right? Yeah, in theory. He had, like, some micro-machines, or whatever the fuck they're called, like, old little metal cars. Mm. Like, tiny little things that are obviously children's toys, and they were, like, 20 pounds. Because they, ha they were, like, a particular brand in their box and stuff like that like actual like history of toys kind of thing yeah available to purchase very cool but yeah good god 
Yeah, that's something I probably should look into. I know I still have a bunch of like old toys from when I was a kid. Like all the old Transformers toys. Yeah, you still haven't got those Pokemon cards out. No, I haven't. You know what? The funny thing is I was at my parents' house over the week, and I probably could have grabbed them then. Mm. I'll yeah. try and remind you next time you're heading off. Yeah. Oh. But yeah, like, the the, the whole internet market. Also, <laughs> as someone who does design, I should probably uh, not be advocating against it so hard. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I don't know, I just... But I do think that, um, just from conversations I've had with other people, I do think that this attitude that you and I are talking about right now is, it's the minority. Like, most people actually Yeah, are... they like going out and doing these things. Yeah. And they, they like going out, browsing around. This is, um, well, this shouldn't be that controversial to say, is, is most financial purchases are made, um... No, I'm not going to say that. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, have you got time to keep talking about it, or should I go on? Uh, you, can, you can go. I, I do have one one other thing, but it's kind of a, a tangent. It sounded like you had something else to talk about, so let's let's go on. I've got one of those now. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll talk about this then. Um, so I, I like uh, playing visual novels, right? Yep. And they... They kind of run the span. Like, the good ones typically are not adult games. I say that. Yeah. Uh, they can keep you hooked without having to yeah. drop that level. Yeah. And even the ones that have that kind of a content in it, it's usually, like, you know, five minutes out of 120 hours of story. Like Digimon, for fuck's sake. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, but one of, one of the more famous ones um, that did venture heavily into the adult content, but also had a very good and kind of fucked up story. Yeah. I was thinking about this when I was editing the podcast that, pa oh god, last week's podcast, because we talked about movie adaptations or TV adaptations from, you know, games or books or whatever. This uh, visual novel that I'm thinking of, uh, it's called School Days, got a anime adaptation from the visual novel. And the anime is not... Um, not it doesn't have any of the you know the the adult content in it but unlike what they normally do normally when they take a, like a, a visual novel that's fairly famous and then they make an anime out of it they'll typically go with like the 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 good ending right or one of the most like uh positive endings or the the who they consider the main character um like because they, they all branch and go off in different pathways yeah. So, Clanad is one of the more famous ones, and it's it's an all-ages uh, visual novel. And Sorry. they went with probably the most happy, saccharine ending possible in the anime, because that's who, when they wrote the story, they wanted it to go down that path. Like, yeah. So, but this, this one, when they adapted it, they not only chose a bad ending to be the ending to the anime, they chose literally the most worst fucked up horrible ending possible to the point where the main character gets his head chopped off oh nice like i mean oh no so the story oh. of the the story of the visual novel is you know this this student gets involved in a bit of a like a love triangle um between these two people and depending on how the story goes you can either end up with one or the other of them to varying degrees of hurting the other person yeah 
But if you fuck it up so badly to get this ending, one of the girls goes crazy and chops your head off and carries it around in a bag with her. <laughs> nice. That's the ending they went with in the anime. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. It was, like, and it just, I was thinking about it this week, because when I was, you know, like I said, when I was listening to the podcast, we were talking about adaptations, and I remembered that one, and I was like, holy shit. That was a good one. I should have brought that one up. Yeah, that reminds me of, um... The way they did XCOM mm -hmm. in uh, in the first of the new series. Did they you play through the game? Gone. What? What's the new new series? The, uh, the XCOM. Oh, you're just the, talking about XCOM and XCOM Two. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So in the uh, in the first game, you play it, you complete it, you rid the world of aliens. Coming into the second game, they're like, no, you actually didn't rid the world of aliens, and they. They take over. Yeah, I was about to say something that I probably can't say. Um, <laughs> they, they take over the planet by force, and then you're, like, utterly screwed at the start of the second game. Um, yeah. It's like, I don't know. It's, I, I really personally like that way of doing things. Even though it's kind of cheeky, it's like, yeah, you didn't actually do that. It's a little bit cheeky, but at the same time, it's a good reason for them to have more content. Yeah, I, well, because, I, and just for people that don't know, XCOM, it's like a third-person, like, tactical video game. So you have a squad of people, you command them on a battlefield, you're fighting aliens, and then you go back to a base, and then you're developing new technology and weapons, and the eventual yeah, goal... Aliens to... are attacking Earth from Mars, yeah. is the premise. And the, the eventual goal is to drive them off the planet, but in the second game, they assume you failed, yeah. Hmm. But yeah, it's good. Um, in fact, I think the very first mission of the second part is getting you out of a stasis chamber because they capture you and, like, have you cocooned in this <laughs> coffin thing. I'm sorry, I just, I, I knew about, I haven't played XCOM 2, but I knew about that part from the Zero Punctuation review. Mm. Because... He, I, I bet he bashed it. <laughs> he did. Because he, he loved the first game, and in the second game, he's like, he's like, this is weird, because in the very first mission, they say, you know, we have... Hurry, the commander's been captured. He's, you know, he's in a stasis pod and we have to rescue him. He's like, no, I'm not. I'm right here, lying on my couch, scratching my balls, eating a Zupa Duper. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, he, like, I think most players in the first game assume you're the commander. So why are you rescuing you from stasis? Hmm. Uh, yeah, but, it's a bit of an out-of-body experience for the first part. But yeah. that's it. Um, I just yeah, love no. that reaction. <laughs> no, I'm not. Uh, yeah, shall I, I get to the, um, pull, pull along the topic, new topic? Yeah, go for it. I think we've, uh, exhausted okay. that one. I don't want to, we, we've got a lot to talk about today, so I don't want to, like, you know, beat yeah, any should, topic too long. Um, this is just, like, more of an interesting question that was posed to me earlier this week. Mm hmm And also to Scott. So you have heard about it briefly, but we haven't actually discussed it. Okay. What is the best way to quit your job? I think that that depends on, like, your motivation. I think so, it depends on a lot of different things, but go on. So, I've, personally, I, I'd like, well, my ne in my uh, case, every time I've quit, I've wanted to continue in my industry. So, yeah. like, it would be, I think the, probably the, the most unconventional way I've ever quit a job. So, like, 
my first job, I just I was there on a contract basis, and they renewed my contract a couple times. But then after a while, they they had hired new people. They didn't need me there, so I moved on to a new company. Yeah. My second job, um, it I was stressed beyond belief. I had a crazy commute, and but I just I just put in my two weeks, got a new job, and then you know moved on. But the job that I got after that, what I did was I um like that job I was just harrowed as stressed as i am at my current job like i was just buried under in that one like Hmm. i didn't even have a long commute to contend with it was just they had taken i had a when i joined it was a four-person department they'd cut it down to just me and they eventually let me hire someone but that one person was like fresh out of college great at his job and like really smart and i was able to train him and he was actually helping a lot but it was still two people doing the work of four yeah so I, I just that job I just like I was one day I had been carrying around my resignation letter with me for like a week and then <laughs> I was and then, ready to and, get pissed off and then finally yeah. at like 4 p.m. on like it was like a Thursday or something like that and I just was I just couldn't motivate myself to do anything I'm like I, I just it finally snapped I was like I can't I can't stay here anymore yeah. so I just walked into my boss's office shut the door and handed in the letter is like yeah I'm, I'm sorry <laughs> I just, I'm putting in my two weeks when you said walked in and shut the door, I was like, wait, you murdered him? No. <laughs> well, but, but the thing is, I had no job planned after that. Like, I just yeah. I just basically was so... I was like, I have enough money in the bank to, like, live for a couple months. Um, I'll find a job before then, or I'll figure something out, but I can't stay here anymore. Hmm. And it did end up working out. I took a month off um, before I found my next job and then moved on, and that's where I am now. But that... But again, those it sounds were... like you've had some pretty good quitting experiences. My experiences have not been good. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Go on, finish, finish what you're saying. No, but I think if you have no intention to keep working in an industry, or if you don't care about burning bridges, I can't really burn bridges in my industry, especially in the region of the country I live in, because like everyone knows everyone in this industry around where I live. So yeah, I really can't burn bridges strong. unless I intend to move out of this industry altogether. Yeah. Um, but I mean, if you if you don't care about burning bridges and the job's really been shitty, you know, tell people off and then leave, mm. or just walk out the door and don't talk to them again. Man, that's like the ethos that we use when online playing games. <laughs> um, just mute yeah. the boss. So I've I've quit two jobs in the past, um, and they were both. The kind of they they weren't career jobs; they were just job jobs, right? Yeah. <clears throat> so the first one I had um, during college, and I won't name any specifics because, yeah. Uh, but I had been working it for like half a year, I want to say, and they, much like you said with yours, they had half the amount of people for twice the amount of work. Hmm. Um, and I think one day I was literally, it was me and maybe one other person or two other people, um, who were doing literally about six, seven jobs all at once. And I was just, I was working my ass off, sweating, and there was no end in sight and I was getting told off for not working even faster. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was kind of moments like that where I was my opinion drops and drops and drops until eventually it was like I don't know, it was the beginning of December so obviously it's going to get even worse 
and I was just like, right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fucking call it because I'm not gonna make it through Christmas otherwise. Mm. Um, so I talked to people. They're um, like the second command uh, is in the office with me, and she's like, okay, so um, this can be your last day if you want. It's we we won't make you do like the extra month or so that you are required to do in the contract. We'll just say you can finish at this time, so you can be basically at home at Christmas. Yeah. And I was like, brilliant, thank you. It's really nice of you. So that was the second command I was talking to. Yeah. Oh, and did the, the boss boss, like, not agree? It's it's Christmas Eve, and yeah. I'm up in an entirely different part of the country with my relatives. Yeah. And I get a, uh, a phone call at about 7pm. Hmm. And yeah, it's the, the top boss, the fucking... Oh, God. I, I just did not like that guy at all. He is... Boss Alpha. Very arrogant. Oh, yeah, so he calls me up and he's like, Where the hell are you? You should be here! And I'm like, oh my god, I'm, I I understood that I wasn't a thing. I, I thought I was already done, I'm sorry. Um, and he's like, you get back down here right now! And I'm like, I'm on the other side of the country, I can't do shit. Like, it's not happening. Um, and he's like, alright, well then... Don't bother coming back next week. And I'm like, great, I didn't plan on it. I thought I'd quit anyway. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was quite unsettling, especially because this was like my first job job. It's like, you can't come in? Well, then you're fired. I already <laughs> <Yeah>. quit. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay, dude. He's just very hostile, very aggressive, dude. Um, but yeah, that, that was kind of like my first one. The second time, yeah, uh, a lot more recent. I had far nicer people I was working with. I worked there for about two years. Oh, actually, um, I just thought of another story um, that goes on this theme, but tell yours first. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, so I've been working there for two years. I had no hostility against any of the people there. Hmm. <laughs> but they did the, the resignation thing. It was all, like, an online-based system, and that online, their, their intranet, as it were, <laughs> is really badly put together. Like, <laughs> so did you have to call IT to good. help you quit? No, no, no. So I went through the form, yeah, and I read a line as, um, it, it basically said, what date do you want to quit on? And I was like, okay, great. I chose the date I wanted to quit on, assuming it would then say, all right, you need to work an extra two weeks after that because that's in the contract. Yeah. No, it meant this is the day that you stop coming to work. Oh God. <laughs> and so I thought, like, I'd warn my boss in advance, and I filled out the form online and sent it off, and he's just like, um. No, no, you just you just quit on that day. You you just you you idiot. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm sorry, dude. I'll come in for the extra two weeks. But he was such a nice dude. He was like, you've got a bunch of overtime anyway. Um, and I haven't messed him around in the past too much. So he's just like, it's all right. You can just you can get you can go at that time. No ill feelings. Mm. And uh, I really did appreciate that because. Oh, it's nice to when you fucked up. It's really nice to have someone actually be understanding, as opposed to just shouting at you. <laughs> yeah. So uh. <laughs> now, um, I I don't have any stories about things going um poorly. Let's say, but mm. I did think of an instance where I've seen them go poorly. <laughs> oh yeah. So that same company that I I left without a um without a job to go to afterwards. 
I, I briefly mentioned that they downsized the department from, like, four to one people, essentially. Right, yeah. Um, now, what had actually happened, I, to go into more details, like, they had um, essentially brought in, like, a new guard because this, this site wasn't doing so well. Because um, right. it had been bought, it had been bought. It wasn't that it wasn't like this company set up a new site here. It's like, oh, we want to have a site here, and they found this one and then bought it, and then were kind of slapped their logo on it, and then you know had had their management structure. But a lot of the people were still there from when the company was independent, and they weren't all that good at their jobs. Right. And so one day, when it apparently it became clear to the higher ups that things weren't going to be fixed properly with those people in they just kicked out a ton of them and um and it apparently happened very abruptly and i kind of knew it was coming because i was staying late one night and um the old president of the company uh who was still there in some capacity i think he was like the his title was like site manager or something like that after it got Hmm. bought um he came like storming out of one of the conference rooms like red-faced and angry um and apparently it's because he got to keep his job, but a lot of his people from his, when the company was just him and it was, he was the head of it, they were going to get let go. And it just happened all at once. Like I was at my desk, I walked by, you know, my, my boss's name was Kevin. I was like, hey, Kevin, just walked past and then went to my desk, started working. And then about 30 minutes later, I get a text message and I just open it up and it's my boss. He's like, hey, I'm on the road. I just got fired. Oh Jesus! So, like, I, I mean, I liked that guy because he was very blunt. Like, he was easy to talk to. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> but it was just I was like, what? And sure enough, like a half hour after that, they gathered everyone in like the warehouse and gave like, hey, you know, we just had to let a lot of people go, and just so you know, this is what happened, and this is why we mm. did it, and. But I already knew about it because I had gotten a text from my boss. And it was just like a one-line thing. It's like, hey, just so you know, uh, you know, I'm on the road now. I just got fired. I mean, was it like, did they... The people who were fired, were they given a chance to buck up? No. Or... I think okay. this had kind of... They had been given several chances at this point, And right. things weren't okay. really changing. And so... I was going to say, it's a, bit, it's a bit cruel if they were just like... Well, but I mean, they got several Unaware of it. Like you, there it's it's at so will employment. Right, yeah. So unless they had a, re- they didn't have a reason to fire these people. Like not a hard and fast. Like you are screwing this up, and so we have to let you go. It was mm. when they just decided to slice off like a bunch of these people who were not performing in their eyes. And so when when they do that, um, at least around like in my in my state, they have to provide some form of severance, which is usually like you know, a couple months' salary. Yeah. Um, so it's not like they just got kicked out on the street with no money. They they would have they got kicked out on the street, but they would have still gotten paid for a few months while they were looking for more work. Oh, that's very good. Sorry, I'm just thinking of more. There were a bunch of really good quittings at that job. <laughs> uh, there was this uh, one guy who came in, and he was a project manager, I think, or a project director, something like that. I can't remember project something in his title. Right. He literally. Lasted for about three weeks before he quit. <laughs> and all he did when he came in there, he, he'd go into his office, leave the door open, and shout on the phone for about an hour in the morning. And it was never at work. He was either yelling at his wife or yelling at the person doing work on his boat. And that was it. 
Jesus. <laughs> that how pretentious can you get? And and then he, after three weeks, he just quit. <laughs> he, was, he wasn't even there a month. Oh my god. He, who was he managing? He so we um he was he was a project manager. So the place this was like a it was a contract company so bigger companies would come to us to do like small scale uh manufacturing and testing for uh yeah. for them and so he would manage the projects given to us by the companies that would come to us to actually do this work um i'm being purposely vague because you yeah know, obviously yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah that's that's what his job would have been and <laughs> I just remember they didn't replace him for a while, and so we just used his office as an extra conference room. But he he had gotten his business cards, and they were still in the office. So I used to make like during boring meetings, I would just make card pyramids out of them. Um, God, yeah, yeah that just that <laughs> there were a few few instances like that that were just funny. See, whenever I'm in a meeting, unless it's one way, it's like. One where it's basically one person talking and you're meant to just shut up and listen. Which I don't really call that a meeting, that's more of a lecture. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm always, like, very forward with my opinions. And I think everyone should be at meetings, really. Because, I mean, that's the only way you're going to get the truth of matters out. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I feel like a lot, from what I've heard of, of your musings, <laughs> a lot of a lot of meetings tend to be more, like, listening to people yeah use catchphrases and yeah words vague corporate speak maybe they're trying to get you to because you're like you you, um there are people that work under you right yeah yeah right now they want you to use these words on them well yeah i don't i don't use the like no i I know you you're very uh upfront about things i think but but the thing i I still like the way i talk you know here and the way i talk like just among friends i I tend to be extremely like blunt and straightforward but yeah um i do moderate that at work like i I tend to be a little diplomatic yeah I, i i i do tend to speak professionally i don't swear at work i keep you know i keep a general i i soften my language, but I don't. I still talk a lot more bluntly than most people do in this environment. Like, it's always just this this vague. It's never like, all right, let's do this. It's well, I believe that we should consider this, and that means let's do it. It's yeah. just it. It drives me insane. Um, it just what's, I, what's bad is when people don't recognize that you're being polite. They're like, oh, he only thinks maybe we should do it. No. No, I don't think maybe, but yeah. I'm not going to say you're going to do this. <laughs> well, that's there's a project that I've been leading at my company since last August, and yeah. we had a six month time time frame to get some like stuff done. And because they put me in charge of the project, I'm like, well, I'm going to lead this the way I want to lead it. And sure enough, mm. we actually finished everything we needed to in six months, and people were like, wow, we didn't think this could happen. I was like, it's amazing <laughs> yeah. what can be done if you just say what you mean instead of talking in vague generalities. Yeah, God, we're doing a lot of that in in the course that I'm doing. There's a large emphasis on um, something called the Scrum uh, Alliance. It's like um, a, a method of management. Oh yeah, and uh, so we have one person who like um, who's the the Scrum master for a project. Yeah, that person will emphasize other people not he doesn't assign tasks to people he emphasizes people to p- 
pick their own tasks. Because mm. that's what they'll they'll they will pick the task that they are good at generally, and then he will assist them in trying to complete that task and not, yeah, you know, forcing them to do anything. It's uh, and it's quite difficult. <laughs> there, yeah, there's there's all these. I've had conversations with my my boss about now. With this is just work stories. I've had conversations with my boss about um setting up uh or he he his favorite like management style is he he calls it um servant leaders or something like that. Essentially, it's your job is as a as a leader is just to to find out what your your people need and then do do that for them or something yeah. like that. Yeah. I mean that's that's essentially the same thing. Yeah, yeah. It, that's when you were talking about it it sounded very similar to that. Mm. Um but I know, there's all these different techniques and stuff. I just kind of go with honestly most of the cuz I I am like a manager at my job now, so I do actually have to have people reporting into me. And most of the management style that I use, I'm thinking, like, where did I pick a lot of this stuff up? And some of it is just from watching other people that I've worked with in the past. But a lot of it is because I've read a lot of military history books. Right. And so, like, I was like, oh, where did I think, where did this come from? Oh, yeah, the art of war. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Famous business practice. Oh yeah, exactly. Um, All right, we're kind of coming up on the end here, and now we're just telling yeah. stories. Any anything you want to close out with? Uh, I feel like we could probably run even longer with business jargon talk, but maybe we'll save that for another time. Yeah, that's that is true. We've got that could be a topic all in its own. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, this is going to be the end of segment one of the TMCJ podcast. Thank you all for listening, and you will hear us again momentarily for segment two. Welcome back to the TMCJ Podcast. We are on segment two, our media segment. And we had movie night this week. We did. We finally got around to it. Yeah. And it was Blue's Wait, choice. Wait, no, we did it last week as well, didn't we? Yeah, we had, we had, yeah, we had Starlight last week. Mm. In fact, we did it like, we had this movie night immediately after the podcast pretty much of last week's. Yeah. <laughs> and it's my choice this week, and I can't wait for that one. But, yeah. want to tell but us what your today, choice was? I say today, I mean this week. We, listen, actually, technically it was last week. We watched Dread. We watched Judge Dread, the good one, um, with that sexy, sexy man and the the rookie who's all right. I guess I can't remember her actual name in the in the in the film. I think he just refers to as rookie like ninety percent of the time. Probably yeah. No, I think he actually called her by a name, but I just don't know what that name was. Um, yeah. Do you want to give this? I know you love giving the synopsis. All right, sure. Uh, so. Judge Dredd, the good one, as you said. When, when was the, yeah. this one released? Because there was an old one with um, the same guy. I'll look it was, up while you blab. Yeah, okay. So it's set in a dystopian future where basically um, crime is just completely rampant. People live in these giant mega city buildings, which are essentially self-contained cities, but just in this giant, like, 200-story massive building. Um, basically, all Law & Order is essentially boiled down to well it's it's gotten so bad that they've created a um group of like a the judges and like they say they are judge jury and executioner and everything so there's a crime that happens and it, they, i think they mention at one point that there are so many there are like 600 crimes a day and so they have to prioritize because they can only get to like 10 percent of them or something like that yeah five percent yeah five yeah. percent and um so 
if they they find someone, they find what crime they've done, then they call in. If it's something they just get to have to be locked up for, they call in a team, they put them in a cryo prison, and then they move on. If it's something you know that's death worthy, they just shoot them and they're done, and they move on. And they call in like a disposal mm. team. Uh, the movie it's, it's very easy to break the law in this universe. Yeah. But it's also because there's so many people breaking the law. It's basically a roll of the mm. dice if you're ever going to get caught. Basically, you you know you throw a rock and you'll hit a guilty person in this place. So the judges are just going around because they they don't have time to like arrest people and put them in front of a court of law and all that kind of stuff. So literally, they go out, they analyze the situation: Are you guilty? Yes, no, bam. Yeah, essentially. So the movie follows one particular judge, Judge Dredd, and a new rookie recruit, um, who it's established early on that she failed her aptitude test for being a judge, but just barely. But because she has latent psychic abilities, and she can read people's minds, uh, she actually, uh, they decide they're going to, you know, put her on the force, and uh, Judge Dredd is going to be her trainee, he's going to, you know, take her around, and if she makes the cut, with him as her overseer, then she gets to be a judge. If she he he goes on this this rant, he's like, anything you do, or he's like, if you do this, instant fail. If you do this, instant fail. And it's like, I don't know. Their their dynamic throughout the movie was one of the things that I thought made it like awesome because she's cl- clearly trying like really hard to to pass the test. Yeah. Um, but she doesn't ever come off as like obsequious or like kind of like uh, ignorant or nervous or anything like that. She's constantly well. She definitely. I think there are times when she has moments of doubt. Yeah, doubt, but never like she never never breaks down in like a panic or anything like that. Yeah, but at least she recomposes. Like the the, yeah. the time when she's reading that dude's mind, and he does the fucked up thing in his mind. Yeah, and she's like, "Holy shit!" And then she like punches him in the face. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so yeah, they they go in and there there are like three murders in this building, and it turns out that it was like a gangland execution. And so they find out the gang kingpin is at the top of the building, and they decide, okay, we're gonna go up there and take in the person who did this. Mm. And um, the problem is when they take in the person that did the murders. He, they're they're taking him in for an arrest. They didn't kill him because they're gonna question him. Now the problem is the gang kin, kingpin, like he can give her away if they question him. Um, the the gang the gang kingpin, the the leader of this gang is a woman named Mama, who's a, they they established was like a she was a prostitute who like got roughed up by her pimp and then so she fucking the, the word they used is uh, feminized him, which you can kind of figure yeah. what that means. Um, and so then she it took over the ring. So she manages to uh, lock down the whole building, and now it's kind of a game of cat and mouse, which Judge Dredd and the trainee judge they have to fight their way out, um, either to lift the lockdown and get out of the building and call for help, or to beat the gang campaign lady and then get out that way. And so it just it's this epic action movie from then on. They're trying to keep their you know a uh, prisoner alive and get him out and they're also trying to survive and at the same time fight off these hordes of gang members that are being sent at them by this woman who's the one who's in charge of the building yep and it's just and an... the reason she rose to power is because she has a new revolutionary drug 
basically. Yeah, and the drug was called uh, slow-mo. Essentially, it just makes everything around you seem like it's going at a fraction of the same the speed. And mm. I want to say the effects they used in the movie to show what it looked like when you were on the drug looked like wicked cool. Right? Like or everything like is overexposed and rainbow colored yeah. and it's all just moving in this crazy slow-mo. Oh, it really makes you want to take some drug. No, I'm kidding. Don't, <laughs> don't do that. Well, especially not because they actually use that drug as yeah, in the executions too. Yeah. To like, oh, it's kind of really fucked up to think about. So I don't know if we should say it on here. I don't think we should. But um... Essentially, just imagine what we just described that drug did. Now imagine falling 200 stories while on that drug. Yeah. Messed up. Yeah, uh, but no. Very. I feel like we've we've touched on Mama, but honestly, her character is one of the like. I think I said this at the time. One of the best villains. Yeah. Like a really, um, she's clearly respected and feared by the people who work under her. She's not doing anything out of the ordinary for the sake of the plot. Everything yeah. she does is calculated and thought through. She's not stupid. Um, yeah. We, I mean, we've, we've touched on this a few times um, just in previous podcasts, but it's really rare when you have like a really good villain. Mm. Like, I, well, not rare, but it just it really sticks you, with you. Like the villain is almost as important as the protagonist. Like, yeah. And they didn't go all, like broken down weeping when they finally got to her. She like, no, looked him straight in the face took the fucking hit from the the drug. thing that was being forced on her and then like just fell yeah well that that's the thing she like the final standoff yeah she didn't beg him she didn't do anything she just is like oh by the way i got a bomb strapped to my wrist the whole building will blow up if you kill me yeah and pretty fucking cool <laughs> yeah and then the way it, it resolves you know massive spoilers is dread goes like oh i wonder what the 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 signal range on that bomb is and then he kicks her out the window yeah. And so, um, you know, she falls like 200 stories and and the bomb doesn't go off, so. Yeah, a bit of a, a, bit of a risk, the number of lives that are in that apartment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but again, that's that's the, um, it really speaks to that dystopian nature of the world where. Yeah. Even can you the, imagine the visceral cleanup detail crew that go in and that building afterwards. <laughs> it's it's visceral cleanup detail are the, yeah. the game. Just like to make it quickly, you just throw stuff off the balcony, have a furnace at the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> well, in in that kind of a world, maybe maybe they did have something like that. Honestly, probably. I mean, they had like the the robots at the beginning that were just like mopping up the blood from the mm. first fight we saw. Um, yeah, but yeah, the Mama was a good villain. I but my the character I really ended up like Judge was really well done, but mm. he was kind of a a monolith to the point where when he kind of like at the very very end of the movie like he does one little thing like cuz he he stays on the the straight and narrow as much as you can in this yeah in he this never universe. takes off his helmet which is yeah. an absolute no no as yeah. in to take off your helmet yeah um, which is why this is the good judge dread cuz i think in the original one didn't um what the hell is his name Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. Okay, it was Stallone. He took his helmet off like every five seconds in that movie, from what yeah, I've been told. I haven't seen the movie. Why? But... I, I have. There's like cannibals and all sorts of things in that one. Hmm. Um, but they, they had like Sylvester Stallone. Like they had to take the fucking helmet off. They had to show people they have this big name actor. Hmm. But I don't think it was a good 
good decision. Because no. I don't think Dredd ever takes his helmet off in the comics. No one ever sees his face. Yeah, my understanding is that's part of his character. Yeah, like he is meant to be this uh, a force of nature, not a person. Yeah, well, it's the same reason where they have um, like executioners are like wear a mask, like old old school executioners, yeah. the people who would like hangmen and um, you know this otherworldly being. Yeah, yeah, they're they're not meant to be like a person who like is recognizable it's just they are the instrument of the state they are not acting as an individual it's it's symbolic and that's the idea behind the judges is they are the impartial like Im- impassive hand of justice they are not that individual hmm. uh, but, but yeah i think the, the rookie was also really good yeah she i i loved her character um like again it was a very I, I was. I think you were right. I was wrong to say that she's completely unflappable throughout the entire movie. But you could, because you could tell that there were moments where she was like nervous or unnerved or something yeah. like was was clearly getting to her. But I think it says a lot about the actress that she was able to convey that, convey not only because she she stayed you know stone faced and mm. everything she said was kind of um, you know towing the line. But you could tell, like, she was really conveying just with the way she was acting, the way her face looked, that she was a bit unnerved and a bit on edge yeah. throughout the I entire thing. I mean, if she thing. was cold and lifeless like Dread, it wouldn't have been the same movie. Yeah. There wouldn't have been any... It, it would have just been, like, the enemies up against this wall that just pushed through the foundation and killed everyone. Yeah. Um, as it was, like, the, the freaking scene where he's, like, trying to overpower her, and then she... In in their minds, mm. and then she does that thing which we can't talk about. Yeah, it's like oh my god, that's so fun. It's incredibly difficult to watch because of the subject matter, but it's very funny at the same time. <laughs> yeah, and the, the I want to do I do want to mention the um the bit uh, that you you talked about where the guy was getting in her head. So mm. early on when they're escorting the prisoner out. And they, they've just been locked down, and they're kind of hiding around a corner. And Dredd's gone to scout ahead or something. And she's got the prisoner. And he, at this point, realizes that she's psychic because something had, you know, shown it earlier. Like, she wasn't trying to hide it. Hmm. He says something. He's like, so you can read anything in my head? And then, he, and then it flashes to what she can see, and it's him banging her. <laughs> in a like in a very elaborate fantasy they're and, making tacos together yep. yeah exactly thank you making tacos and um you know she like you said just uh you know smacks him yeah uh, and, and then later on sorry i'll see you finish i i think no she doesn't smack him at first she goes like um she just kind of casually goes like your 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 lame fantasies mean nothing to me like is that Mm. supposed to impress me and then he they don't show it on screen but he apparently thinks about something much worse and then that's when she smacks him yeah it was the because they they like do a brief clip show of a bunch of different images that are very disturbing Mm. um and i guess that's why but um yeah no later on when he physically has her in chains and he's got the gun doesn't belong to him. Oh, oh, oh my god, yeah. I saw that coming a fucking mile off, but it was so good. <laughs> well, that's the thing, and at the end of the movie, th- this is what I mean, like, Judge Dredd acts as a monolith, but he has 
like one human moment in the whole movie i'd say and that's at the very very end uh yeah. where uh she like the the trainee the rookie is walking away mm. and um he says something like oh you, you know you did good and she's like no i lost my weapon that's an instant fail and then she just walks away from him and he doesn't mm. say anything but then when the commander comes up and asks like how she did he's like you know he just says excellent you know she'll be she'll make a great judge or something like that so it's, yeah. it's like she the passed, one instance where he teased. didn't follow the letter of the law yeah and it but, was it was like that one little human moment yeah I, I, mm. it, it, it does show that he is not a total robot but yeah. at the same time obviously she did a like insane job so it kind of makes sense that she would be mm. like she didn't even need her weapon in the end basically <laughs> well, but that and that's the thing it just it i found that to be just an excellent point of subtlety because mm. you see this guy basically being a robot throughout the entire course of the movie essentially like he he's unmovable um yeah. and he just is con like has just this absolute ironclad conviction yeah. and it says something of how well they did that character that it was so noticeable to me that one little tweak at the end Although, mm. now I think about it, it doesn't make much sense. Like, if, if you get instantly fired from being a judge if someone takes your weapon, why have they got the gun explodes on a person touching it function? Probably guess, just just in case the judge dies. Because it's like, yeah, if the judge dies, somebody picks up their gun, they want to make sure that no one else is using that thing. Because that, that was like, That's it was true. a pistol that had like 18 different kinds of ammo in it. It had like yeah, incendiary, incendiary shots, explosive. explosive. Yeah. Yeah. Armor penetration, like it was like a pistol that could fire like a million different kinds of bullets. Yeah. Also, I love. I know it was a very brief scene. It was probably like fifteen, twenty second scene. But there's a, a rogue judge which is going after the rookie, mm -hmm. and this this rogue judge is like, ah, it's fine. She doesn't know that I'm rogue. Uh, if she sees me first, I'll you know disarm her with being a judge, and then I'll shoot her. If I see her first, I'll shoot her. Yeah, and it comes to it, and then the the psychic, he, the rogue judge also doesn't know she's psychic. She walks around the corner and she's like, "Oh, it's all right, rookie, it's me." And she just blows a kneecap off. It's like, "What the fuck?" It was yeah. so fast and abrupt. Well, it's and it's just, because you know they they do a good job of that throughout the movie. Like they don't over-explain things. No, they kind of trust you to infer what happened. Like right there, it's like. Yeah, clearly, she read her mind. Yeah. And then just shot her. <laughs> but yeah, it was just like, there was no remorse. No fucking remorse. Just stood up, stepped over the body and kept going. Yeah. Damn. That was cool. Yeah, there's... there's uh, yes. a... Oh, and then there's the whole thing with um, the dude that she uh, she let shoots. Go? and No, no, the, no she didn't uh. let him go. Shot him in the face. And they later like hide in that dude's family's oh, apartment yeah. so like they do a good job of sh like it's it's there's no good people in this this world essentially because no. they're like they're killing all these gang members but that moment kind of shows that yeah they're gang members but they're gang members because that's the best paying employment in this city block like yeah which it, it's fucked up but you know they're I mean, she still did the the right thing technically because I mean the guy was 
a gang member pointing a gun at her. Like, yeah. So she did the right thing. It was just, uh, yeah, the whole thing about, you know, everyone's got a family. Everyone's got a mother or father. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, God. Speaking of, actually, that's that's a good... Do, do you have uh, more to talk about on this movie? Because that's actually a good transition point. No, no, no. Uh, I'll just say it was, um, there's a lot of really good points in it. I'd highly recommend this one. It's a very good movie, yeah. I think. If you're not a huge fan of, like, a lot of, of violence, then um, probably <laughs> yeah, not know, the right movie. But... but if you're looking for, like, a really good, like, action movie that actually has mm. good writing in it, too, I mean, yeah, go for this one. Those are rare. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. Because it was, it was an action movie with a really good story yeah. and really competent writing. Um, yeah, so the other thing I've been watching this week, I've been re-watching uh, Dragon Ball Z, like, the original series. Oh, yeah. And just going through the whole the whole thing, um, Amazon was having a sale, and I I bought like the whole series on Blu-ray. Oh god, how much was that? Uh, about one hundred and fifty bucks. But I mean, Oof. if I were to buy them at full price, it would have been double that. Yeah, I know. God, anime is notoriously expensive. Yeah, and well, and this is a long Ridiculous. series. Like Dragon Ball Z, I think is it's like two hundred and something episodes. Hmm. I remember as a kid trying to get like the Bleach DVDs, and they are just oh yeah, very expensive. Anyway, yeah. Anyway, so I I remember buying Dragon Ball Z on VHS, and it was like twenty bucks for one cassette. Yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah. So I've been rewatching it, and one thing that struck me—I'm not going to go into the the series. Two things watching it as an adult now that didn't really strike me is because I think the last time I watched it, I I was still an adult, but I was in my early twenties when I watched it last. Hmm. And um, I'm finding myself having more pity for some of the villains. And I'm also finding myself bored with some of the extended fight scenes. Mm. Like, I feel like they... I I know why they did it, because it's entertaining, it's flashy, you know, keep the kiddos watching. But I find myself like, okay, I get it. He punches you, you punch him. This guy's a little bit more powerful. He wins. Can we just, you know, truncate this a little bit? Um... But I, I, it was the the saga that just started um, in between season three and four. So there's a, the Frieza saga where they're on an alien planet and they're fighting this super powerful bree- being called Frieza. Um, they think they've beaten her or him. I always thought it was a woman when I was younger, but apparently it's supposed to be a guy. Uh, he mm. makes it back to Earth and um, in like a cybernetic form and then gets like killed by this new character that shows up that introduces this next season in like a couple hits now what i found myself what i found myself like kind of surprised by was i actually found myself pitying that character frieza this character's horrible it wiped out all the aliens on the planet that they were on before like just mercilessly just right. to get was there something for a reason for it though uh just basically he wanted their stuff <laughs> okay that was it. It was yeah. they had they had the Dragon Balls and they she wanted or he wanted to wish for immortality, right. and so he wanted the Dragon Balls for himself and, but and then like he you know mercilessly mercilessly kills some of the main characters and stuff too and so, by no means a good person, but near the end of the fight the main character of the whole series Goku, um, essentially, 
lets the person lets this character live frieza and says something like you know i don't i don't need to kill you like the shame of knowing that you've been defeated by you know amir whatever is is enough you know live with mm. that and think about what you've done and then the you know this character obviously not able to accept this just uses the last of his power to attack goku who is way more powerful than him blows him away and that's the end of that fight but anyway this character frieza survives cybernetic augmentation comes back and when the character lands like there's moments where i'm like holy crap this character has like ptsd because he's having like flashes keeps thinking he sees goku out the corner of his eyes and it's just like just like you can see it's like causing a lot of stress for him and stuff and i this character deserved everything they got because of all the horrible things they'd done but i found myself pitying them because like just the the whole they'd clearly been traumatized what's the way to sum that like even evil people can be traumatized yeah uh the the only human kind of thing yeah exactly Um, i mean actually i don't know because in that speech in that anime there are different species they are but they're they're all just basically humans that look weird yeah humanoid (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah. No. The the what you're saying about fights going on too long. I think, oh God, it is a pitfall that so many franchises have fallen into so many times. Yeah. Um, the most recent one, and I'm gonna be I'm gonna be harping on about this for weeks. All right, guys. Just Digimon. Uh, <laughs> in the the first season, there's a big fight between Mon, who's basically a vampire, yeah, against like the whole team, and that single fight spreads across like three episodes it feels like or, or more it gets very boring um if they had kept it to like a 10 minute fight sequence that would have been epic i probably would have remembered it in a far fonder way and we would have moved on mm. um same with uh, i remember back in the day one piece on the like flower island which is super late in the series mm. they're fighting this like flamenco dude for literally like over 10 episodes and every time they do something there's a freaking flashback like it's bleach again (laughs) and like we have to sit through another episode of something completely unrelated before getting back to a fight to have another flashback to go to a completely different genre in time and it's like come on we want to see the fight this is not a fight this is a documentary now they do the exact same thing in Dragon Ball. That that fight that I was talking about with Frieza, um, yeah. the the initial fight lasts like 20 episodes or something like that. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I don't, it's I don't think it's that long, but it, it, it's ridiculously long. And there's a, there's a meme with Dragon Ball C because at one point Frieza fires like a thing into the planet that's going to blow it up. And he's like, oh, the yeah. planet will blow up in five minutes. That lasts for eight episodes. <laughs> yeah, that it's really, that really long, does describe it perfectly. It's the longest five minutes ever known. It's like, it's like switching between every character in the universe, like showing their perspective of those five minutes, I guess. They, they do do that, but uh, I, I've, I've seen people actually time it out. If you just look at the scenes that's happening on the planet, but where they're fighting, it's like several hours. So. Sorry, oh, yeah. Scott just sent me... <laughs> just... just I'll... He just sent me a single word with a question mark at the end that's like, Carneal? 
Kann. Oh, okay. Ko estas modafuka. Okay. Thanks, Scott. Okay, <laughs> so uh, you just, you know, mid-podcast, our friends are yeah. messaging us in pig Latin, apparently. Uh, well, Spanish, kind of. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, no, uh, what was the anime? Oh, okay, so, going back to Digimon. <laughs> Again. Yeah. Uh, we've moved on to that second actual series where it's the new characters now, right? Did you ever watch this series? Mm-hmm. Okay, I stopped. I stopped after season the season where they've got the armor Digivolve thing, right? That's the one we're on now. Is the yeah. season two? Yeah. That, I finished that one, and that, that's when I stopped okay. watching because I think that one was out when I was ten or twelve, somewhere around there that is, age. There's like an immediate drop in quality from after the first season. Um, even the Digivolution sequences. Okay, so in the first season, the Digivolution sequences. Happened every episode, they took a lot of time. They were just a bit of a drag, and I ended up like skipping through like 10 seconds ahead every time a Digivolution started. Because it was the same thing every time. Uh, in the second one, they do the exact same thing, except they switch it from awesome music to shitty music while it's happening. <laughs> and instead of like fast moving images of like this really cool art, it's slowly rotating objects. Three slowly rotating objects on the screen slowly moving towards each other. And, th like, that's for, like, 10, 15 seconds every Digivolution, and it sucks. I think what we're we're, oh. we're finding out here is that the the, fly, uh, the shiny, flashy bells and whistles that got the kiddos excited really don't work when you're an adult. Right, well, I don't think it... I don't think it would have excited me even as an adult. Like, as a... As kid, a child. I meant, yeah. Uh... Like, it's just... How... Did they get... They must have had a new design team. Because a lot of things have ch had changed since mm. the first season. Uh, but even the story is, like, not nearly as, as gripping as, I, as the first. I, 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 I agree. So I agree that the overarching story... I did like the beginning of that second series where they had, like, the, the evil guy actually being, like, somebody who had been corrupted. The guy who was, was putting up all those pillars... Or the obelisks or whatever. I don't think I've seen that part yet. I'm on like episode three, bear in mind. Oh, okay. Um, with He's the, got like the collars on all the Digimon. He's enslaving them to fight each other. Yeah, yeah. So the the way that they result. Have you ever have you seen this whole thing before? I can't remember. Okay, I won't spoil it for you then because I I like the the twist at the end of that that saga. I actually found really interesting. Okay, there is a twist. Is it as long as the first season. I don't remember because the first season was like sixty episodes. I think this one's only like thirty episodes. So you're you're probably right about. The, I mean, the second season is not as memorable. Like I remember, I can probably tell you almost all of the plot points from the original season. Mm. But the second one, I can remember a few major points. I and like the ending, and that's it. So, but again, it's been ages since I've watched that at all i, yeah, I don't think cool. digimon is a series that i never rewatched. like I, I watched it as a kid and then never went back to it i mean i'm only watching it again because i've got alicia as an excuse to watch it again basically <laughs> and because i loved like the, the first parts like particularly the etamon episode i love etamon he's adorable he's awesome he has the coolest job etamon in this series being essentially a humanoid monk guy in a monkey suit 
No. Oh, wait, Etamon, not Etamon. Fuck. Did I say Etamon? You I said Etamon. I meant Elecmon. Etamon can fuck himself. He's horrible. He's disgusting. <laughs> I was gonna Alecmon, say, I mean. that's a weird choice. <laughs> uh, yeah, Elecmon. Uh, very cool looking. Very cool job. Uh, he's like a hedgehog that's blue and red. Uh, he's like a British hedgehog. I don't remember uh, that that guy. I'll and he to... looks after the, the nursery. Oh, okay, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, and he fires electricity. He's cool. Yep, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, not Edsmond. Fuck that guy. Yeah, I was going to say, that guy is basic. He's like an Elvis parody. He's. I think he's actually taken from the, um, the fucking actual band... I forgot what they're called. The, there's literally a music video of people dressed up in suits with sunglasses on. Oh, really? Um, yeah, it's a very famous song. I can't remember what they're called. Yeah, doesn't Sorry. matter. All right. Um, we're kind of... I mean, we're, we're coming up on the end of this. Do you have any... Is there anything else we want to talk about? I'm trying to think if I've... I mean, I'm continuing to read that... I'm going to hit... I'm at this point with several book series... Um, I that Formic Wars series that I talked about, you know, ages ago on the podcast. I'd read the first three audiobooks, and then they made a second series, mm. and it's going to be a trilogy. And only the first two audiobooks are out, and the last one was released in 2019. So, the, wait, what series was this again? Uh, the Formic Wars. It's in the same universe as Ender's Game. That sci-fi series. It's a it's a classic sci-fi series. Came out in the 80s. I've heard of it, okay. but I've never read it. Oh, okay, right. These this is a prequel series, and I just needed a new audiobook to listen to. This one looked good, and so, and it has been very, very good so far. But I'm just worried. I'm in this place with so many book series: either Song of Ice and Fire, or as most people know it now, Game of Thrones, which is the name of the yeah. first book. Um, only the first five books are out. There's going to be seven, so I'm stalled in that series. King Killer Chronicle. I've been waiting on the third book in that trilogy for ten years now, like. Well, not not that long, but like the first one came out in 2007, the second one came out in 2012, and the third one, the guy has been delaying and like, oh, I have the manuscript, but I'm not, it's not ready yet. He's so just mm. so I've been waiting on that one for a long time, <laughs> and now this is another series. I'm gonna finish the, the fifth audiobook, and the sixth one isn't gonna be out until like 2022 or something. Oof. So I just like I. I have a bad habit. This is why I, I like movies and TV shows. I tend to go to like older stuff because it's already done. I don't have to yeah, wait. Yeah, you can get more content of it because it's going to be released already. Yeah. At least, yeah. well, like with Invincible, that series that I was talking about last week that I loved the ending to. Um, I kind of want to read the comics now because the comics are finished. But the TV show is, they just finished the first season. Yeah. So the next season won't be out until like 2022. At least it stops you binge watching. Like that's something, I guess. Yeah, that that is um, true. I. But, uh, sorry. No, no, no. Just binge watching is a problem because when everything is available, I tend to go into the. Oh, I can watch one or more episode before bed, and then before I know it, it's midnight. <sighs> yeah, I, I I'm really eager to because I think it's meant to come out again this year. Is the next um, Witcher. I do want to see more of that. I like. I've talked about that before. I love the books. Um, the yeah. series, the Netflix the series, series, the game oh. series is excellent too. Uh, the Witcher yeah. Three is a fucking classic game. Like it's just, I've been wanting to I'm replay right, it again. Um, you know, it's got its flaws like everything else, but it was like the the writing was excellent. The gameplay was pretty fun. Um, 
but the the Netflix TV show takes more from the books, but they they took creative license in a couple areas that I thought they shouldn't have that really annoyed me. Um like I think they they severely weakened Yennefer as a character, the the female uh witch that's kind of Geralt's often on love interest throughout the stories. Oh. She um in the books I thought she was in the books in the games she's a much much stronger character, but in the TV show they tried to make her into some kind of a whiny victim lady and it just didn't work. Like it, like she was she was like strong and powerful in the books and in the, the TV show they kind of made her more of like a whiny girl. I mean she is still very powerful. She's say. very she's very powerful but in different ways. So yeah. In the when she interacts with uh the witch himself, she does seem a bit I don't know annoying really. So they they changed her backstory and I feel like it kind of um first of all <laughs> This is this is not meant to be offensive to anyone, but in the in the TV show they made her like baby crazy, which she yeah. she isn't in the books and in the the video games because they were going on about the fact that she can't have a child. Yeah, exactly. Which in the TV show they made it seem like it was something that was done specifically to her, but in the books and the 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 actual lore, like infertility is like a side effect of becoming a mage. Yeah, I think they said that in the... They, they didn't. In the TV show, like, they specifically, like, took some of her organs out, her ovaries specifically, yeah. to make her beautiful, right? Yeah. But that's not what... In the books, it's something that happens to everyone. All mages and wizards end up being beautiful or handsome or whatever because they use magic to alter themselves. But it's the act of, like, becoming a mage or a wizard or a, a witch that makes them infertile. They say in the books there's like a 50-50 chance that'll happen to right. everyone. And the the beauty thing is just everyone does that because they're supposed to be these perfect beings and it's just about an image thing. Yeah. Um and so like they 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 hammed it up too much in the TV show and I thought it weakened her as a character. Um but that that's a, like a minor complaint. Like they did Geralt perfectly in the TV show. They did Dandelion or Yeskir um perfectly in the tv show um well i i have some complaints about him but is that the bard the bard yeah, yeah. so his name is dandelion in the books and the games but that's because they translated it his name is yeskir because in polish i think that means like flower or something like that right um but I yennefer was. overall is mostly a good character in the show um one one character I think they did a, a disservice to in the TV show, and I, I'll be curious to see how they handle her in season two. Is um, oh, the red haired chick? What the fuck is her name? Why can I? She's like one of my favorite characters in the, the series, and I cannot remember her name. Uh oh, the oh, the, the chick that he fought briefly at the beginning. No, not her. Not her. She's she's a good character. I, I did like her, but she's a minor right. character in the actual um, books. It's been it's been many months. I don't think I remember all the characters. I I haven't seen it since I think last summer or last spring. It's been a, a while since I've seen it. But yeah. again, minor complaints. I've said all this before um, on the podcast. I think so. I don't want to mm. reiterate too much. But, uh, but yeah, again, all of my critiques of the series are kind of minor because um, I it it did 
it did justice to the source material more than it did injustice to it. Mm. And it helps that the uh, the main actor, um, Henry Cavill, is actually a huge fan of the Witcher series. Yeah. And so he's, he's really doing justice to the character. Like, he's really enjoying the role, which I think is why he does such a good job as Geralt. Mm. Oh, that was the character that they did a really good job with, uh, was uh, Queen Calanthe. Um, the, oh, yeah, the yeah, mother of Siri, cool. like they, she, like they did her perfectly to the books and to the the. Well, she isn't it really in the series; she's only in the books. But she, um, yeah, they did her perfectly in the the TV show. Like, so there, there, like I said, there are more things they got right than they got wrong, um, in my opinion. So definitely worth it. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing season two. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, are you looking forward to seeing part three? Is the real question. I think, yeah, I think I probably should. Otherwise, I'll just keep rambling forever. Um, All right, this is going to be the end of segment two of the TMCJ podcast. Thank you all for listening, and you will hear us again momentarily for segment three. Welcome back to the TMCJ podcast. We are on segment three, our wild card segment, and we got a brand new experimental uh, game to try here. This was going to be our, our blank segment, which we were thinking of filling with story time or maybe having someone in for an interview, uh, but neither of those things actually panned out. Instead, we came up with a brand new game for everyone. It's called, uh, what was it? Uh, the, the name I think we settled on was uh, A Challenger Approaches. Yep. The idea being, whoever's turn it is, uh, either me or blue, will pick two characters that we've modified in some way. They could be from fiction, from real life, from whatever. Um, they either get some positive or negative attributes, however we decide to balance them, and they'll be pitted against another character that we'll try to balance equally. And there's a reason we try to balance them, and that reason is the other person then has to make an argument who they think wins and why. Then it goes back to the original person, who then has to play devil's advocate and choose the opposite one to him and make an argument for why they think, no, this other person wins. No matter how ridiculous, it doesn't matter if you agree or not, they got to make the counter argument. And again, there's not really a finite winner or loser in this. It's just, I mean, we're, we're, if, we, if we do actually, if we do actually go, okay, yeah, no, your person does win. <laughs> but that, I, mean, I guess is a point, but like, but if it might just, sure. yeah, it might just end up in a draw in which case, you know, you people yeah. listening, you tell us who you think won. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, do you want to start us off with one of your right, first? Yeah, hell yeah. Okay, so, so what we what one of the rules we've set out is that the characters should ideally have that it should be a basic character, and then they should have one positive attribute we've added and one negative. Hmm. Uh, depending on how overpowered certain things are, we've done maybe two negative attributes or two positive attributes just to get things as close to the thing as possible. So. The first pairing of the day, alright? We're in a uh, metropolitan area, right? Mm-hmm. Just set the scene a little bit. And uh, Godzilla has arrived. Okay. But he is human-sized. Okay. And he has the speed of a cheetah. So think of it one of those really derpy, like, dinosaur yeah, speed waddle. that people get. But a guy's running around at that like it's super speed. <laughs> and he does actually have sharp teeth and stuff. Alright, versus the challenger that has come to stop him is Superman. But Superman is only invincible from the waist down. <laughs> <laughs> and 
and he can only move as fast as the nearest old age pensioner. So he still has laser beam eyes and all that, but he's only invincible from the waist down, and he can only move as fast as the closest old age pensioner. Okay. Choose your champion. I am going to say, and I'm going to choose what might be a, an unsuspecting or a, a, an unexpected one. I'm going to say that Superman wins. Really? Okay, I'm, yeah. I was. I did not think you were going to be I was. I was leaning towards Godzilla first because I'm like, he's just going to you know melt Superman's top half off. But yeah, doesn't matter how slow Superman moves. If he can still use his laser beam eyes and stuff, I say yeah, Superman yeah. maintains a distance. He doesn't get close to Godzilla and then just blasts him from a distance. And What's if Godzilla the range of them, though? it's a laser, so it goes on forever, I guess. Well, not forever. Lasers do eventually dissipate. It depends on the type of laser we're talking about. But mm. red lasers—they typically have a range of a few hundred meters, depending on how. If they're strong enough to melt stuff, it's probably like at least a kilometer. Um, okay. okay. So I'm going to oh, say, uh, all right, no, sorry. okay, go on. Well, you you get you're, to make you're a in a, you're in a metropolitan area. There are people around. If you miss and it goes through a building, you could like cut ten people in half. He could, but, I mean, it's his eyes, so all he has to do is look at him. Or shout, like, get the fuck out of the way, and then look at him. But he would also be having to look at something that's moving as fast as a cheetah. So the opportunity to miss is very high. That's true. Superman may be, like, he may have PTSD after this, but I'm still saying Superman will kill Godzilla and then go into therapy after that. Okay. Uh, I, I, I think, I think, alright, so, if this was just a one-on-one street fight, I think you're probably right. If Godzilla Cheetah ambushes him on the subway... That's different. Superman's fucked. Or he just, like, bends over, because his, his ass is invulnerable. <laughs> he just <laughs> bends over. <laughs> He's just like, yeah, slaps his ass, come at me, Godzilla! <laughs> okay, but no, uh, so what's your, what's your argument for, um, for I, that? Also, Godzilla... No qualms with killing people. Mm. Like I said, if there's any humans around, if it's in a tight enclosed space, Superman is fucked. Alright, that's like being that's like being a, a regular fucking human when there's an alien around. Like he would just and also I don't think the laser beams would kill Godzilla instantly. Mm. Uh, I think he would have at least a couple of seconds to close the gap. I mean he's a fucking cheetah speed, like whoo. You could get close to it. Cheetahs, yeah, they run at like 65 miles an hour, something like that. So I think unless Godzilla had absolutely no brain, I think he would be able to, like, I said, because I think we, we can agree that if he gets close to Superman, he could rip his head off in a single bite or, like, just flame him to death. Yeah, if his, if his upper half is vulnerable, then, yeah, I could see that. Or, but I mean, if Superman sees him coming close, he could just, like, you know, flip over and, like, you know, do a handstand and kick him with his invulnerable legs. Yeah, and also, I mean, okay, I don't want to, I don't want to fight for the enemy team, but it doesn't say anywhere that Superman can't fly. That's true. He could just go up in the air. Yeah. Then I the only thing Godzilla the can see. Range of Godzilla fireballs are. What does it matter? He's shooting him from below. His legs are invulnerable. That's true. He just sit on the fucking fireball. <laughs> he could. He could. Just, that's why I said just, he bends over. He goes ass first into fucking Godzilla's. He sees mouth. the fireball coming. He turns around. He like just butt bounces it back towards him. 
<laughs> with the reflective power of my cheeks. Bam! Oh my god. Oh shit. That's... Okay. God. So, yeah. I um, I, I went and, and I, I didn't I didn't get nearly as detailed as you did with that first one. So okay. my my first one. Um, by the way, do we do we want to make a judgment call on is that one too ambiguous? Do we have a clear winner? Mm. I think. Personally, I would still side with Godzilla. Mm. I mean, honestly, I, I chose Superman just to, for funsies, but I actually do think Godzilla would probably win. <laughs> okay. But part of that is just because I don't like Superman. That, that's our opinion. If you guys are home thinking differently, that's fine. Yeah. All right. Uh, cool. So, I, I set this in the UK to for to facilitate your understanding. Okay. Santa Thanks. Claus. Okay. Um, but wait, just just so I know, what area are we talking like a countryside? Are we you, you'll understand why okay. I localized one piece of this scenario, and you'll you'll see gotcha. it when I say the whole thing. So Santa Claus, uh, with his sleigh, but it's equipped with a minigun. Okay. Um, in a postal race versus the uh, the Royal Mail across Scotland, but the this Royal Mail has. But the Royal Mail has the uh, support of the RAF. But Santa's able to cover the whole planet. Yeah, that, that's the thing. He He's able to, like, move quickly, right? Yeah. But he's also got supersonic jets chasing him. But he has a minigun. <laughs> I mean, min I suppose so do the jets, but... Well, the jets have missiles, too. He is... Far too, if we're going by the logic that he can cover the, every house in the world in one night, so that's a few hours, then Santa Claus wins, hands down. Mm. That's my champion, by the way. <laughs> you take, you're taking Santa Claus and you're just saying that just Hell because yeah. of the I speed? Mean, also, this is like the fuck. this is very close to going postal. I know, that's that was the inspiration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he would fucking trounce the Royal Mail. Okay. Especially because the Royal Mail, you know, not great as it is. <laughs> so I'm gonna again. I'm gonna go yeah. against this, because I think no matter how fast he's going, they're gonna right. be able to like be able to stop him. They got like hypersonic missiles. They got like, I'm just that's why I gave the Royal Mail the support of. The, by the way, for the Americans listening, the Royal Mail is based. It's the U.S. It's the Postal Service for the U.K. And yeah. the RAF is the Royal Air Force, uh, you yeah. know, their Air Force. Um, to be fair, I know a lot about the Russian, but Russian? The American, like, <laughs> military stuff? I probably would have known what you meant even if you said America. I probably yeah. would have, but I've just, I, I said it in the UK just to, to help. Alright, so you, yeah. just speed alone. He doesn't, doesn't even need the minigun. No, he doesn't need the minigun, because he's moving so quickly that no tracking system could keep a look on him like there's no radar that would be large enough what if they set traps for him how would you trap Santa so Claus? we so we can <laughs> milk and cookies so just just no yeah yeah just some cookies floating in the air no think about it like nasa and like other space agencies they can calculate yeah. planets which are moving much faster than santa would be in this case they can figure out where they're going to be and actually plot an intercept so what I'm saying is, they know where he's going. They know the trajectory he's on. He can't switch, you know, he can't decelerate too quickly. He can't switch directions. Otherwise, he's going to kill his reindeer. So they, they predict where he's going to be and when he's going to be, and then launch a missile. 
NASA have no influence in British politics, though? Well, I'm just saying, NASA can do that. So oh, why okay. couldn't... So it's feasibly possible. It's feasibly possible, so why can't the RAF just, like, predict, okay, we know Santa's trajectory, we know his objective location, boom, launch a missile at where he's going to be. So you're going to blow up the, the place that the Royal Mail are also trying to deliver to? No, 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 in the air. I'm talking, like, oh, okay. ground-to-air missiles. I think a missile can't travel as fast as Santa can. Well, exactly. You don't need it to. You just need it to blow up where he's going to be when he's going to be there. Oh, I see, because they have, like, remote sites. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just, like, he's he's traveling through the air. You know that, like, well, in, in three seconds, he's going to be at location X. And so you yeah. just fire a missile to location X and have it blow up in three seconds. What package is being delivered? Doesn't matter. Let's say, let's say do, toys. Toys. Just, just generic toys. Okay. Yeah, because if it was just like a letter, someone just at that end could just be like, oh, I'll pop down the road and give it to them. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Uh, or, it's an email. Yeah. Um, if it's an email, the, the post office would probably be a lot better because I don't think Santa would know how to write an email. <laughs> Honestly, th th this scenario, I didn't think it through as well, really depends on how much AA defense Santa has and how quickly he can move in that sleigh. I mean, especially with a minigun, like, if he sees the missile coming, he could shoot it down. In theory, but bullets don't, like, out of that wouldn't be moving that fast. Miniguns, it's a, it's a fairly small powder charge in the bullet so the the bullet the, the bullet velocity isn't going to be that fast for a minigun okay. the whole point of a minigun is to do like layered fire like coating yeah yeah uh i mean honestly the minigun's probably pointless so. it is probably point <laughs> i just put it on there because he needed to have something i i wasn't uh, in anticipating you taking like the speed avenue i think yeah i i, I i'm pretty sure because if you think of, like he could travel from wait where's the pickup point uh, like southern Scotland to northern Scotland, so across okay, Scotland. Yeah. So th that distance would take him less than ten seconds. Yeah. So they have to be prepped. But that it's missile race. would be need to fire real fucking fast. Is all I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> and the poor Scottish bastard that's receiving a letter <laughs> has Santa turning up with a minigun being exploded by a missile from the RAF. <laughs> <laughs> He's just oh. like, this is why I wanted to leave the EU. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Okay, let's <laughs> let's not uh, uh, dwell on that one for too long. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Moving on to the next one. Wait, do you think? Who do you think won that one? I'm still I'm still siding with the um with the post office. The post like, office. Okay. Because I, I I I trust in their ability to blow Santa out of the sky. <laughs> <laughs> this really had nothing to do with the post office. This was no, just the RAF. It was the RAF versus Santa. Santa. That's really what it boiled down <laughs> and, to. And it wasn't trying to be delivering a letter. It was who could kill Santa before he delivers a <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah, that, oh, that, that took a very different turn <laughs> than what I okay, originally so envisioned. The next matchup. I'm going to set this one on, on the International Space Station. Mm-hmm. No, actually, because that make it very broken. Uh, no, I'm, I'm gonna set it in the Amazon rainforest. Yeah, okay. So on one side, we have Ripley from Alien. Okay. 
but her brain has regressed to that of a child. Okay. And she has the arms of Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Just the arms? Just the arms. So she's super fucking strong. Okay. Uh, she has the, the body of a normal woman, but the brain of a child. Okay. Versus Simba from The Lion King, but he can only move in darkness slash the shade, and okay. he has the power of flight. Sorry, it's a real fucking mixed bag on this one, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say Simba. Okay. And the reason I'm going to say Simba is because all he'd have to do is wait for nighttime, and then she's fucking done. Well, but even engaging in combat, she has the has the fucking power of Dwayne the Rock Johnson on her side. She, she does, but she doesn't have the weight, so she could like grab onto Simba, but like. All he has to do is, like, you know, she whack her. She can crush his throat. If she can get his throat. If she can get her, her, like, her hand around it, then maybe that would be. But no. I'm saying also, Simba wins. What if Simba is a cop? Oh, if it's, like, baby Simba? Yeah. Oh, if it's baby Simba, then, you know. Baby Simba, he's fucked. Yeah, Ripley. Well, but she's got the I'm... mind of a child, so maybe she's like, oh, kitty. And then just is, like, you know, wants him as a pet. <laughs> And doesn't kill I him. Still, I still don't think so. Even as a child, even with that advantage, I don't think Simba would be able to kill her. <laughs> well, baby um, Simba, I, I don't think he'd be able to... Honestly, I see this one ending in peace rather than war. Because baby Simba, mind of a child, I think she goes like the, um, the just like, yeah. oh, I get a baby kitty route. I think, much like in the first series of Digimon, though, uh... I'm imagining Simba having like a black gear in him. That's why he can only move in shade and darkness, because he's got he's been so corrupted it, in some it's way. It's corrupt Simba, so he's just going to attack yeah. no matter what. Indeed, um, I think as an adult you're probably right. Like she could like bear hug him if she gets lucky, mm. just crush him. But even then, lions are pretty fucking strong. Oh yeah, and they're fast, faster than you'd think. And they can fly. And, well, yeah, in this case, he can fly. What do you mean? They can always fly, Kaiser. Idiot. <laughs> yeah, I don't... know. <laughs> it's like how... Okay, it's not, it's, not, it's not something crazy and unreal like narwhals that are just made up creatures. Shut up. <laughs> I'm never gonna let you let that one down. I still... <laughs> I still can't believe they exist. <laughs> I should have put that on my list. Oh, fuck. Opportunity missed. A narwhal? Um, so I, I think you're right, though. Did the, yeah, that Simba would win. If he was an adult, yeah. Yeah, if he was an adult, yeah. If he was a child, I think it either ends in a draw or Ripley wins. Yeah. Okay, we're, we're, we're at consensus on this one. Okay, okay, so... I didn't change too much from... This is, this is like a scenario ripped right out of a movie, but I just made okay. a couple tweaks. So Anakin Skywalker, mm. at the end of the third Star Wars prequel... But he has the high ground, and Obi-Wan Kenobi is on that platform in the lava. Right. But Obi-Wan Kenobi has a Negev. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that twist. A Negev, so by the way, for, what a Negev is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A Negev is a, it's a, it's a light machine gun. Um, so it fires a fairly high caliber bullet, and it has a fairly large ammo capacity. Can lightsabers reflect beams? Well, 
that's the thing. Can they? What? What? Well, it can reflect beams, but it can't. Can it? Bullets? I think they just like melt in it. Yeah. But the momentum will keep going. Yeah, the fucking like burning metal would go through then. Yeah. Unless so it like literally dissolves it. Yeah. So what do you think? Uh, hmm. Okay, if we're assuming because this is the Star Wars universe, then the give would be firing lasers. No, no, actual bullets. Bullets. Okay. So this is this is a non-Star Wars universe gun. This is an actual like our world Negev. So it's so firing never metal. See any actual ballistic weaponry used in that, do we? No, so not no, really. No comparison to what would happen when they hit lightsaber. In some of the Star but, Wars games, there are uh, weapons that fire like actual metal things, but they're rare. Also, I feel like, and this is weird because in theory, lasers should be like an instant, like attack. But I feel like bullets would move faster than lasers do in that show. So I think it'd be a lot harder for a Jedi to block a bullet. Mm-hmm. Um. Ooh, God, I haven't even chosen which champion yet. But I think I'm I'm siding with Obi Wan because he's just fucking badass. I don't know Obi Wan. Obi Wan and then the Gev. Uh, but for a start, Obi Wan wouldn't jump. Yeah, smart attack. He would sit on that platform, lay down a base of fire, and Anakin would have to go to him, or reflect the bullets back, which I don't think he'd be able to do. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think considering Obi Wan's end goal in that was not actually to kill Anakin anyway, just to stop him. Yeah, I think Anakin, uh, Obi Wan wins every time. Although if Anakin gets onto the platform, Obi Wan's fucked. Right. I'm assuming he doesn't have a lightsaber. Yeah, well, in this scenario, yeah, instead of a lightsaber, he has a Negev. Okay. Alright, so that's your argument? Yeah. Alright, my counterpoint, because I now have to defend Anakin. Um, for the record, I agree with you. Um, but So I'm going to say Anakin uses, like, force push or something like that, and he can stop the bullets or deflect them. And he just does that, okay. and he's, like, sweeping that's bullets yeah, aside. And then just kind of bobs and weaves, and then, like, force leaps onto the platform. And then, you know, like you said, Obi-Wan doesn't have a lightsaber, so he just cuts him down. Hmm. But then... Hmm. Obi-Wan arguably has the better force powers... I, I think, think and no, I think Anakin's supposed to be stronger with force stuff, but uh, Obi Wan's yeah, just, just say if, if Obi Wan's got more training and experience. That was always the thing. <laughs> if 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 he tries to, oh wait, can he? He can't block bullets while he's Jedi jumping, can he? Maybe not. Well, or at least he's using know. two force powers at once, so he might be more distracted. That's that's why I kind of agree with <laughs> you because times the jump lands in the lava. <laughs> the the, Negev's, the Nev, Negev can put down a lot of fire, so that's a lot of stuff that Anakin's got to get out of his yeah. way and dodge. That's, um, you got to have focus on that. You got to have concentration. And he, he's pretty. He's pretty pissed. That's why I agree with you. But if I were going to pick a scenario when Anakin won that situation, it would be you know him using force powers and dodging to essentially get all the bullets out of his way and then get on the platform and kill him. Yeah, that's 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 a real stalemate. I think. I, I really like that one. I, I've barely modified it at all, but I just yeah, I, no, it, it's 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 good. Uh, I mean, honestly, you could you didn't even have to switch around their positions. I don't think. It's true, but I mean, 
going uphill with a Negev firing down on you. I was trying to balance it a little bit more. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I think I, I, I'm still with my my man Obi. Okay. That. I I agree with you, but I think that there is a scenario in which Anakin wins. All right, go. Yes, I agree. Uh, okay. Well, hang on. How epic is your last one? Oh, I've got a few more. Uh, I actually, I think that one was probably my best one. I think we do one more each. Okay. And my last one, I think, is one point. Okay. My my last one that I think I'm going to go with is just funny. Okay, should we go with that one first, then, then finish on mine? All right, so I'll do two in a row? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Master Chief from the Halo franchise. Okay, yep. Wielding a rocket launcher from the Halo franchise. Okay. Fighting an angry gorilla in a closet. Are we talking about, like, Donkey Kong, Harambe, Winston? Harambe. Har- Harambe. Yeah. In a closet. In a closet. Well, he can't fire the rocket launcher, then, can he? Yeah, that's that's the challenge. Can Master Chief in the original game, if he fired a rocket launcher at his feet, would it kill him? Uh, if he had an overshield, no. Does he have an overshield in the closet? No, he doesn't. Can he come out of the closet? He could. He couldn't. I mean, the, it's a normal closet. There's a door. Are you, are you going to say that is... Master Chief is coming out of the closet? <laughs> he is or isn't gay? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay. Okay. Um, so yeah, sorry. Does he? He probably wouldn't have an overshield. No. Normal shield. The only the the only tool he so normal shield, normal health, rocket launcher, angry gorilla closet. See, I don't know much about the actual statistics of a Spartan. Like, could it withstand the force of a gorilla punching it in the face? Yeah. Like between the like they they actually could probably punch with the force of a gorilla. Um, okay, I'm going with Master Chief then because he could just snap Harambe's neck. If you could, yeah, if you could get to him, yeah, it's very close quarters. If you could get to him, it's a, it's a close. Well, I, get to his neck, I mean. <laughs> oh, I see. Um, to be fair, though, getting meleeed in Halo does do a lot of damage, mm-hmm. and. A gorilla would have more weight behind his swing than one of those tiny little fuckers that you fight in Halo that do a fair amount of damage. Mm. And I... Harambe would be moving a lot faster than Master Chief. Mm. So if you just fucking whirlwinded in that closet... <laughs> Doing the Donkey Kong spin? <laughs> yeah, that kind of thing. Then he would... I don't think... I think Master Chief would be concussed after like two seconds and then he wouldn't be able to fight. Just from the sheer blows raining down him. So you're going with Harambe? I was originally going with Master Chief, but yeah, I think I'm going with Gorilla. Alright. Well, I'll, I'll make the, the counter-argument because I, I do think that it would be Master Chief. Um, I mean, not even... Um, not even thinking about the closet. Like, I think that... He didn't, wouldn't even have to leave, you know, just... He's smaller, quicker than the gorilla, so he just... In a... Okay, yeah. He just drops low, because the gorilla's got these big, bulky arms. He's going to have a hard time moving around in there. So Master Chief drops low, and just... Ba-bam! Gives him a... Like punches around by out. Oh, yeah. But also, he, he doesn't even need to use his fist. He could just bite through Master Chief. 
But again, you're talking about a very small enclosed environment. That's why I'm saying Master Chief wins if he can get low and get in close. Because then the gorilla's too bulky, can't really get to him. And plus he's in armor. Like, you know, he's not going to be able to bite through him that easy. I think Harambe could just crush the armor. If he's that close. Oh, it's titanium. It's pretty resilient metal. I don't know the exact physics behind it, so I can't I've, I've read it, all the but... I've read all the novels, so I just, I'm uh... just... Maybe I'm a little bit better. Hmm. Are there any parts of the armor that aren't armored? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's, so. there's like mesh joints in between the plates. Oh, okay. What? So, like, one hit on the arm and he's, like, got a broken arm. Well, they also have, um, the, the part of the augmentation for the Spartans was that they got metal infused into their bones, so they're extremely hard to break. Oh, fuck now. So it's basically Wolverine versus Harambe. Yeah, essentially. It's better to think of, yeah, in terms of durability, the Spartans are, like, Wolverine level. In which case, yeah, I think probably... Probably that. I'm trying to work out some way that the rocket launch could be useful. I mean, Harambe could accidentally... I mean, there's a lot of action going on in that cabin. He could accidentally click the button. Well, in that case, yeah, it's a draw, because that's going to blow them both up. <laughs> um, God, I'm imagining all this happening in, like, the, the, the scene being, like, you know, the under-the-stairs closet that Harry Potter lives in. Oh, my God. <laughs> I should have just said that. They're in Harry Potter's room. <laughs> They're in his cupboard. <laughs> just... Harry opens the door, looks in, sees them, just closes the door slowly again. <laughs> just, just like squished in Master Chief and Gorilla just looking out at him like... Just like, oh. <laughs> hey Dudley, there's something in my room. <laughs> exactly. Oh alright, alright. Yeah, okay, no, I think, I think you're right. I think Master Chief would probably win that if he has titanium bones and armor. Yeah. Alright. You said you had an oh. epic one for the final confrontation. Alright, yes, the final... Of this week of uh, a champion approaches. Many of you may not know these characters, but I know that Cat Kaiser does. Okay? And furthermore, I urge you to look up these characters in post because they are amazing. Okay? The first contender Long Long Man. <laughs> but. He is constantly being harassed by the girl from the commercial. And he has a whip made of the long, long sweets that drains people's energy. Okay? Okay. <laughs> you holding on? Okay, yep, yep. Versus his deadly and most feared opponent, Panda, from the Panda commercials... But the panda cannot help but be aggressive to any living thing it sees. And he can teleport when out of sight. So if no one can see him, the panda can literally teleport behind your his foe. Okay. By the way, these are both from, like, uh, Japanese commercials. Yeah. <laughs> the... The very funny commercial series is uh, so it's Panda Cheese and I think Long Long Man is just just look up Long Long Man if yeah, you're curious. So good. But the the Panda Cheese commercials are really good. Anyway, I'm just saying Long Long Man wins. Right, okay. Because I'm saying that guy is like he's savage, he's not gonna give a crap about that girl, so he's gonna use the whip to drain her of energy. 
while right. keeping an eye on the panda, and then he's going to throw her at the panda. So the panda attacks her. And I was then gonna he... say the panda is going to attack whatever is closest to it. Exactly. So, so he he throws the girl at the panda because he's savage, okay. and then he's gonna while the panda's distracted, like mauling the the girl, he's gonna get behind the panda and get it with the whip and then drain the panda of energy. I think because the panda the panda is not stupid, right? Yeah. We know that. Like it could it literally <laughs> detach the fucking life support system from a guy rather than just pummeling him to death. So I think the panda would get the. Like, have the girl thrown at him. Wait, actually, no. Long old man's not that strong. He could not throw the girl very far. Yeah, so I'm just saying it's like a shove. It's like, drain, shove. Yeah, and I think the panda would literally just walk up, snap, and then be on to the next. So you're like, saying, I don't think yeah. that would distract him. Okay, so you're saying the long, long man isn't quick enough to get around. I think the panda is efficient enough. <laughs> As a killer, <laughs> that he'll be done with that in mere moments. Seriously, people don't know what we're talking about. Look up these commercials: the panda cheese commercials and the long, long man commercials. They are hilarious. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like the the moment that the fucking that he leaves the site, panda's suddenly behind long, long man. With his hands on his neck. <laughs> That's true. If the panda could get Long Long Man to like take his eyes off him for a second, yeah. But no, the but the panda can't tacti- tactically do that because he has to be instant angry. Yeah. So it's more a fact that a Long Long Man can't run away or look away. Hmm. He has to be facing down the panda the whole time. Hmm. So you, you went with Long Long Man, right? I went Long Long Man. I mean... I feel like it would have to come down to a one-on-one fight. Because the panda can't be tactical about it. Yeah, well, that's the thing. You, I mean, Long Long Man's got a... Um, he's got a whip. He's got a range advantage. That's why I'm saying... If he, he can, does. If he can distract the panda for a few seconds with the random girl... Then he can get the whip around the panda and drain him of energy. As we know, Long Long Man is a master of disguise. Just naturally. Like, he can he can get like he just straight up gets a job and a motorbike at one point. Like, he's very he's very tactical. So yeah, I think yeah, I think you're right. Um I think Long Long Man has it. Oh god, those commercials. I wanna watch those I got that commercial like stuck in my head now <laughs> you watched so it like good. last week i did it's so good. well i've seen it i i've seen it before like that like i've seen it ages ago um mm. but all right uh well that is going to be the end of this segment i mean let us know what you uh you think of it i thought that i mean i i definitely had some fun with these scenarios <laughs> uh, you know this is a brand new idea we came up in between segment two and three so uh it definitely needs some polish but yeah, let us know what you think. If you enjoyed it, maybe we'll come back to it and do it again. But we're always trying I know to experiment. I, I very much enjoyed it, even more than I thought I was going to. So <laughs> I'd be totally happy with this coming back as a regular. Yeah, yeah, so would I. Maybe one of our rotating like um, ones, like story time or stuff like that, that just pop up every now and again. Yeah. Uh, all right, well, this is going to be the end of the... Oh, sorry, this is going to be the end of episode 41 of the TMCJ podcast. Thank you all for listening, and hopefully you will tune in again soon.
have an epic week.